our final takeaways down here in Mobile, Alabama from the Senior Bowl. The quarterbacks, who helped themselves? Who didn't? Did anyone emerge? The guys that actually made themselves some money at the other positions and those guys that still need the rest of this process to make their mark. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On NFL Draft is brought to you by GetUpside. All right, just download the free GetUpside app right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Now, we want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This is the Locked On NFL Draft Show with myself, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. As always, I'm joined by Ryan Tracy. And got a special guest with us that comes on every, typically Thursday. It's coming on Friday, uh, no, Tuesday. Coming on Friday today. Uh, John, how you doing, John Harris? Well, I'm doing well. I'm hanging out in Mobile a little bit. I'm sure like Ryan is. I know, uh, Eric, you got home after the uh, festivities today. Had to go inside. And by by the way, not a drop of rain after Wednesday (laughs) spending the entire day out in that monsoon uh, that was taking place. But uh, as my wife asked me, she said, are you okay? And I was like, well, yeah, it's football. Of course I'm okay. So it's all good. It's another great week down at the Senior Bowl. And now we move on to the combine. Uh, It does feel good to be back home, but I think like the bad weather, follow the bad weather from, uh, was that, to Wednesday. Followed me here to Monticello, Arkansas. There's like snow coming down or something and sleet, all kind of crazy stuff going on here. Uh, but we're going to get straight into it, man. Uh, a big topic heading into the senior bowl was, you know, wondering how the quarterbacks were going to pan out. And this was a big time, really class at the senior bowl for that. You know, there are a lot of questions surrounding the quarterback position. Who's going to stand out? Who is the QB one? I think all the guys that would be in consideration for that were there, except for maybe Matt Corral. So, John, we want to start with you because Ryan Tracy and I, we've given some of our opinions on these topics. What did you think about how the quarterbacks performed and did anyone stand out to you? Well, guys, I've been going to the Senior Bowl for eight years. I've seen every quarterback throw at the Senior Bowl. Josh Allen and Justin Herbert had the two most impressive arms I've ever seen to date. Watching Malik Willis throw the ball, I said this on Wednesday when I wrote for HoustonTexas.com and for my site, FootballTakeOver.com. No one has ever thrown the ball with the RPMs I've seen from Malik Willis. No one. That includes Josh Allen. That includes Justin Herbert. That ball was smoking coming out of his hands. Now, there are times the ball still gets high a little bit. His elbow does drop some. But I'm telling you, that ball is smoking coming out of his hands. Now, I don't know if I'm ready to say Malik Willis is QB1 in his class, but he made a significant leap forward, I think. And you mentioned it, Eric. You mentioned Matt Corral not being there. I think that is going to – I don't say it works against Corral. Look, you got to do what you got to do. But I think Corral in that setting would have made a significant impression on the scouts and the people there. Malik Willis made that impression. I felt like every other quarterback, even Kenny Pickett, who I have right now as QB1, I felt like even Kenny was not – he was not sharp. 
he didn't quite what he didn't quite measure up from a uh, RPM uh, standpoint like Malik Willis. Sam Howell to me was a guy that I I was curious what we we're gonna get. Watching Sam, it looked like he was laboring to throw the ball. Like he would throw deep balls and he was accurate with a deep ball, but other NFL type throws, it felt like Sam was really just every throw was like Ugh! so. I walked out of there thinking Malik Willis, really impressive. Everybody else in that group, I felt like they've got something to show to me. I think if anybody else would kind of move in that direction, maybe Carson Strong. I think Carson was pretty much what I expected to see. Tall in the pocket, makes some pretty solid throws. He doesn't have a Herbert or Josh Allen arm, but it's good enough. But Malik Willis, man, that howitzer he showed was just impressive. I don't know if it's enough to make him QB1 at this point, but I do know walking out of there, there were some scouts that were buzzing. And I've heard the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin were very excited about Malik Willis. He's got the package. The question becomes is, can he do it consistently? That's what I watched up and down all week long. And, yes, the highs were high, but the lows were low. We've talked about that a little bit already. For me, it becomes – what can you project? It's all about that interaction with staff and how he takes coaching. I look to hear more about that as they get to the combine. We have some more interviews and that kind of thing. But your impression from what you heard from scouts, is is that on a positive? Yeah, it's on a positive that teams – and this – you guys have been around the game, so you know this. And, and having been a coach, I always felt like as a coach I could fix anything. Oh, give me that guy. I can fix what ails him. Well, you know, if a guy keeps airmailing the dig route, uh, I, I ultimately can't fix that. But coaches always have that hubris of I can fix it. And I think scouts are like, I'll take that guy because I can take him and rein him in and get him to be more consistent. And I've seen that happen maybe with one guy with success being Josh Allen. So you got to be very careful with that, like, scouts want traits they want all that okay but what are the issues like you said right consistency why wasn't it more consistent at liberty in an offense that really showcased malik willis so yeah there are still some concerns and there were concerns watching uh this week there were still some throws you're like whoa you know like the movie bull durham he hit the bull and you're like where was that throw going but from a physical tools standpoint really nobody else made any sort of dent in in my mind. And I just kept coming back to, man, did you see Malik Willis throw the football? Man, it's exciting. But with a guy like that, there are some exciting both ways, both the offense and the defense. But I know the teams are definitely willing to see what they can do. I talked to a buddy of mine from the Washington Commanders. We can say that now, the Washington Commanders. (laughs) And he asked me, he said, what do you think about Malik? Well, this is before practice even started. He said, what do you think about Malik Willis? And, you know, so I told him, and he said, that's the guy that we want in Washington. Just kind of thinking through the draft and what Washington could do with the trade or free agency or whatever. And you're thinking, man, that might be the option is to look at a quarterback in the draft. And so they're pretty excited. And Malik Willis is the type of guy that he'll put butts in seats, man. You'll want to come see that guy play. Uh, by hook or by crook, you want to see Malik Willis play. He'll be for some team. And I know my buddy from Washington was like, that guy we want. We want to see some excitement here in Washington, the offensive side of the ball, because it's just been blah lately. John, I do want to ask you one more question about the quarterbacks. And you mentioned Kenny Pickett and how nothing really, like, jumped out to you. 
you know, there were, you know, the reports circulating about his really small hand size. And he's out there. We saw him throwing in that weather. Some guys were like, hey, it's not going to be an issue. He threw very well out there in Pittsburgh. But to me, watching him throw in the rain, he still had that glove on. Yep. The ball, it seemed to kind of flutter a little bit on most of his throws. And like you said, I didn't see that pop. I didn't see that right. zip. Did you see any uh, any of that as well? Or did you think he threw well in the rain? Same. Uh, Eric, I felt the exact same watching him. I, I don't want to say disappointed. But especially with QB1, you want to walk out of the senior bowl, you want to walk out of the combine or at some point in the draft process and go, yeah, yeah. Did you see my QB1? He looked yeah. great. I did not feel that way walking out of the senior bowl uh, with Kenny Pickett. Now, there are a lot of things that go on. I know this sounds strange, but in NFL football is way different than college football. I mean, it looks the same other than the stripe, but the NFL football is a different, it's a different beast. And I know they've been working with it and throwing with it, but then you get in the rain, then you get in the wind. Things are a little different. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold that against Kenny this week. You're learning a new offense or different things in that offense that you got to try and master. I'm not gonna hold it against him too much because the guy that I saw pit, especially that final year with Mark Whipple as his OC, that's a guy I think that can be successful in this league. I think there's some other things that Kenny Pickett can do, but I didn't walk out of there going. That guy is my QB one. I feel great about that. Eh, I didn't. I didn't quite feel that way at all, Eric. Right now, Malik Willis definitely made some throws that kind of turned some heads a little bit. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some other guys that turned heads, some winners that walked away where we felt like you know what, maybe they made themselves some money. All right, but first, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about GetUpside. All right, and it's an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. GetUpside, you know, our, our listeners they're earning back cash all right cash for every gallon of gas every time that they fill up just download the free get upside app in the app store or google play store right now and use the promo code touchdown for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up all right don't pay full price at a pump ever again get your cash back by using get upside all right again just download the app for free all right this is a free app and use the promo code touchdown some people who drive a lot, I mean, they're making as much as two to $300 a year in cashback. And the best thing about it, y'all, there is no catch. All right. The cash gets added right to your account. And you can cash out at any time to your bank account, your PayPal, your e-gift card, your Amazon, or any other brand that you use. All right. But again, just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cashback on your first tank and also the super bowl is coming up y'all and you got the rams minus four and a half do you want to take the points do you want to take the Bengals? Bengals are hot right now with joe burrow well if you are going to do any of that bet online that's the place that has you covered throughout this entire playoffs the super bowl and in a bunch of different other sports betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just football, like I said before. Uh, you know, they got pro and college basketball. They got NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of all the current games. So don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer that is available throughout the 2022 season. Bell Line is where the games start. All right, so we, we got to get into it. We got to talk about some, some winners. And I want to throw a name out there because I, I think – there, there are a couple guys that I, I know right away 
some people are saying these names. I've been seeing it floating around social media. The first guy, and we spoke about it a little bit yesterday, Ryan, but John, I want to get your thoughts on Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. Junior college transfer, went to uh, Georgia, transferred to uh, Florida State, and throughout the first two days, he kind of stole the show a little bit. What were some of your thoughts on what you saw from Jermaine Johnson defensive end? Yeah, stud. Total and complete stud. I think he locked up a top top 15, top 20 selection. It's funny. I had a conversation with a buddy of mine, Lance Zerline from NFL.com. Lance and I have known each other for a long time. And we sat down on the uh, Tuesday practice and just started going through different guys. And I had written earlier in the week, there were five guys that I thought were, you know, that I was going to watch. I was curious about. I watched them on tape, but I want to see them up close. And Jermaine Johnson was one of them. And Lance pointed out, he said, I'm glad you wrote about that. I have him higher than George Karloftis from Purdue. Now, I'm a Karloftis guy. I love his power, even though he's not long. He's a little shorter. But I love the way he plays. I love the energy he plays with. I love dynamic hands and power. But Jermaine Johnson, the twitch, the like. When I saw him up close, when I went to the media breakfast and I saw you, Eric, I saw Jermaine Johnson a few feet to your left. And I just went, damn, wow. He's built – I don't know why, just seeing him up close, I realized this guy is built like a Greek god. I think Jermaine Johnson locked up some serious cash. Uh, the bag that's coming to him is going to be immense. Um, I thought he was fantastic. And the fact that he was on a documentary called Last Chance You, and he ends yeah. up going from that to being a top 15, top 20 selection in the NFL draft, I think if there was an MVP for the whole week in Mobile – it's either Malik Willis or it's Jermaine Johnson. And, and here's the other thing I thought of. He transfers from Georgia. How good was Georgia, A? And B, he might <laughs> go before all those other guys from Georgia, yeah. which is crazy to think about. But uh, the opportunity at Florida State really allowed him to flourish and play every single play, whereas he, he was only a situational guy seemingly as a junior. So he's able to play every single play. I think that really helped him, but – Speed to power, great hands, uh, incredibly agile, strong, violent at the point of attack. I think Jermaine Johnson was everything I wanted to see. I was really happy with his performance. Clearly, I, I thought he was the best player on the defense of, of this senior bowl period. It was not really that close, to tell you the truth. But for me, I, I take a step back because I had him somewhere in the mid-second round before, and I'm trying to gauge a little bit better about, do I really think he gets up into that top half of the of the first? I'm not so sure. I think he might end up on a playoff team, to tell you the truth. I think that's probably the best scenario for him. When I spoke to him, I, I did notice the height versus the shoulder width was a little bit narrow yeah. for some of those guys that need the long levers. So I, I'm a little interested to see how he measures out at the combine and if there's any takeaways from that. Yeah, it's interesting you bring it up, Ryan, because I, I think you're right about that. The sad thing is, and I think about this a lot, you know, especially with players like Jermaine Johnson that have been incredibly productive. I keep thinking, man, y'all going to let this guy follow the Patriots at pick number 20 <laughs> or whatever. Y'all going yeah. to let him get there and you're going to let, you're going to let Belichick work with a guy like Jermaine Johnson. Y'all going to screw this up. Really going to let him get there. I think, I think Johnson is going to climb as not just because of what he was able to do at the senior bowl, but I think when you look out on the edge and you just think about the twitch that you're looking for. Now, those elite traits, they're going to be looking at every single physical aspect. So, Ryan, you bring up a great point about him. 
But I think that twitch and his ability to put his hand in the dirt and beat you inside, outside, off the edge, to stand up as a three, four outside linebacker and do some things. What I saw from him up close and personal put him – I mean, when I think about anybody else in that position in the senior ball, look, Kingsley uh, and Agbury from South Carolina, I thought was very, very good. But from a twitch level, coming off the edge, there was really no comparison to anybody other than Jermaine Johnson. And if he gets into the 20 range and he's going to a playoff team, I mean, again, think about the playoff teams. They got, you know, they got knocked out, you know, early. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs. You see Jermaine Johnson, you know, playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, whether it's you're going to play more four-man front, three-man front, you're going to need guys to rush off the edge. You put him with Nick Bolton opposite Frank Clark. I mean, my goodness. I mean, that's cheating. You put him in Tennessee if uh, – uh, why my uh, Harold Landry – as a free agent deal somewhere else, you put him with Tennessee opposite Bud Dupree alongside Jeffrey Simmons, it's lights out. It's lights out. So there are a lot of different things I think Jermaine Johnson's going to have at his disposal, and it might be better for him, to your point, Ryan, to end up in the 20s to go to a playoff team where he's more ready to contribute to a playoff team and be a winner right away. Mm-hmm. Now, there was another guy that really kind of stood out. You see a lot of people posting about him and – I feel like he was definitely a, a, a big riser, a big kind of making money because not so sure this guy would have got drafted. I'm talking about Christian Watson, a receiver out of North Dakota State, measured in extremely well, six an official, 6'4", even, 211 pounds. And each day he did a terrific job of making plays. Today, obviously, I'm I'm finally back home. But, you know, I see him underneath that uh, in that indoor uh, practice field or whatever you want to call it. Uh, making plays on the goal line, tons of videos uh, coming out about him. And the reason why I say I think he made a lot of money because he potentially could have been a guy that goes late day three, you know, but now he has an opportunity, especially if he runs well at the combine. People think he's a low 4-4 type guy and has that type of speed. If he does that, do you think he really helped himself with his draft stock uh, this week? No doubt. Absolutely no doubt. I thought he was the MVP at the wide receiver position. The other guy that I would say that made some money this week at the wide receiver position might be a shock to some, but it was Calvin Austin, the third slot receiver out of Memphis. I mean, he turned the one-on-ones into his own showcase. Like you were, you were going to try and man him up and he was going to spin you around like a top. But I thought Christian Watson was the MVP of the wide receiver group. And I've started, I think I told you guys this, I started you know, my, on my draft board, on my bios, I've started going through and finding the high schools and where guys come from, because that, that matters. Like Nick Benito played at St. Thomas Aquinas down in Florida. Like that matters because I've, I've you know coached in Florida. I know how, how players from St. Thomas, Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas are respected. Well, as I was doing it for Christian Watson, I realized, holy cow, he's from Florida. He's from Plant High School in Tampa. And do you grow up in Florida? I know you end up at NDSU, but you can run. And I know he can run. I think he was a 200-meter track champion in high school at Tampa Plant. So he can move. And he said Wednesday at the breakfast, media breakfast, he wanted to show that he was more than just the human nine route. Oh, yeah, well, we know he can run the nine route. He can run the eight. You know, he can do the deep stuff. He wanted to show he's a complete receiver. And I thought the day he stood out to me, Eric, the most was in the rain. Man, receivers look like just flopping fish trying to catch the football. <laughs> and there's Christian Watson making, you know, contested catches, balls that are behind him. He's making those plays and making those catches. And you look up and go, he's six foot four, two eleven. Dang. I always liked him at North Dakota State. But 
I didn't realize he was going to come in at 211 and still be able to move the way that he was. I felt like Christian Watson made some money. He is my MVP at the wide receiver position. I loved what he was able to bring. I, I walked out of there not really happy with the receivers for the most part. I didn't love a lot of what the receivers did. I like Vince Jones from out of Tennessee. I think he's smooth. I really like Jalen Tolbert. But I didn't walk out of there thinking, man, these receivers are killing it. But I did feel like Christian Watson uh, was the top of the class, and I didn't even think it was close. That was one of the easiest MVPs by position that I was able to – I just stuck him in there and knew that was it. Some of the others I struggled with, Christian Watson was, to me, without peer at the wide receiver position this week. Right, and there were some other guys that stood out as well. Boye Mafe, we talked about him out of Minnesota. Yeah. He had a tri- he did a terrific job during one on ones. Ty Smith out of Ohio State, uh, also yeah. playing on the defensive line there. He he did a terrific job as well. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some guys who might need you know the rest of this process to really start to kind of boost their stock. Maybe didn't quite take as advantage of the opportunities we thought they would. But first, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Built Bar. All right, and it's a new year, so you know what that means. New Year's resolution. And if yours is about getting fit and eating healthier, make sure that you include a Built Bar into your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and, you know, really kind of maybe better than a candy bar. You know, Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good and you'll want to eat it. Unlike some of these protein bars that are like chalky or waxy, it tastes like a chemical pill. All right, you want to eat healthy, but it gets boring, especially by like week three, and you start to think to yourself, this isn't worth it. Where's my chocolate? All right, well, Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. And not only that, it has 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to any candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. It's not good. All right, and here's an idea. All right, especially if you're on the road, we got a guy still down there in Mobile, Alabama. Sometimes it's hard to eat eat good. So what do you do? Take a billboard with you. Pull that out of your backpack. A lot of the scouts walking around right now, they got their backpacks. They have snacks in their backpack. Well, hopefully they have billboards that they can include into the workout plan. And if you're not really a big workout type person, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious billboard, you can almost count that as a workout. All right. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond peanut butter brownie, raspberry, my favorite, really my favorite too, cookies and cream and salted caramel, and they have mint brownie as well, and many, many more. In fact, they're always coming out with new limited time flavors. So I have to tell you where you can find all this good stuff. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Or again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, guys. Ryan, I, I want to start with you and, and and really kind of jump into maybe some guys where you felt like ah, I, I wanted to see a little bit more from this guy. Who who's that one person for you? Yeah, or there, two. There, there's two, honestly, at the premier yeah. position because, like we talked about before, Malik Willis won this visit down here, right? I felt like I expected more from Bailey Zappi. I thought he showed a little bit on day three indoors. I don't know exactly if I'm comfortable with what that says about him, but he. And Desmond Ritter, I felt like, came in here and he's leaving at the same level with the same evaluation he was before. And I was looking for more from both of those guys. What about you, John? Well, the guy that I – one of the top five guys I think I had at this draft or at the Senior Bowl 
was Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa. And I, I, and I walk out of there still a fan of Trevor Penning, his film, his athleticism, just watching him. Um, you can tell he's got the athleticism. But I thought there were times that edge rushers uh, for that, that national team really gave him fits. And I walked out of there thinking I might be a little high on Trevor Penning. I knew he had a little bit more success today inside. You know, he took Ty Smith from Ohio State and tried to plow him through the dirt. But overall, I walked out of there not as excited uh, about Trevor Penning. And and to Ryan's point about back, I didn't feel great about Sam Howell there either. I, I thought I was going to watch Sam Howell up close and feel much better about, okay, He's got NFL arm. He can make NFL throws. It just felt like every throw, was, he was laboring to make the throw, and it just seemed so hard for him uh, that I walked out of there going, man, I, gosh, I know he's probably going to get drafted in round two, but if I'm a decision maker and I've got a quarterback need, I don't know that I feel great about making that selection. I know he's got all the intangibles, and he's tough as nails. He ran the ball well, but – Man, I didn't come out of there feeling really good about Sam Howell at the quarterback position either. Right. Yeah. And there, there were a couple guys, you know, for me, you know, obviously I pay a lot of attention to the, you know, the wide receivers, the defensive backs. And there was a cornerback that I was looking forward to seeing, Gregory Jr. out of Wachita Baptist. And, you know, I I wanted to know why he was there. You know, a guy coming from a smaller school, Division Two. Hey, this yeah. is a huge opportunity to take advantage of it. Really kind of solidify yourself as someone that potentially could be drafted if you weren't on guys' radars before. And I thought his performance, you know, there, there were a couple times where he made plays, but, you know, me as a fellow Division II guy, I wanted him to really take advantage of that opportunity. And I'm not so sure he did that. I think, you know, he measured in well, 5'11", yeah. 201 or 202 pounds. That's good. He has a size. They played him a lot on the outside. Maybe he's someone that, might have to slide a little bit more into the nickel, but you know, that's, that's an opportunity. A lot of division two guys don't get, and I would have liked to see him just, you know, pop a little, a little more. So he's someone who, again, the jury's still out on, I can't wait to see if they, maybe he goes to the combine. Maybe he runs well there, but big opportunity. And I'm not so sure he took advantage of it. You know, Eric, just to you bring up lower, I say lower level. I mean, I should say it like that, but D2 FCS, you know, type players, because I felt like there were some FCS players that really stood out. You know, the guys on the offensive line in particular, you know, watching uh, Jatiri Carter from out of Southern, look, he had he had his instances where he wasn't great, but he was moving inside the garden. Even sometimes at center, he was having to uh, take on some dudes that I guarantee he was not seeing in the swag. But I felt like as the week wore on, like, yeah, I, I like what this, guy's, what this guy's bringing here. Joshua Williams from out of Fayetteville State. I thought he showed a few things uh, out on the corner. I mean, obviously measured very, very well. So I thought there were some FCS guys and lower-level guys that really stood out. And actually, one of my sleepers on the defensive line, I kept seeing this guy 99 in a helmet. Like, I knew every single helmet, every single guy that was down there going in. I knew it by heart going in. And I'm looking at 99. I'm like, who the heck is that? I, I know I, I – and then I'm I'm like, ah, I don't care. Then I'm watching him. I'm like, boy, I better look this up and figure out who this is. And it's Eric Johnson, defensive tackle out of Missouri State. And this dude's playing his guts out. I mean, he's making plays. He's holding up strong at the point of attack. I just thought there were some lower-level guys that really stood out to me, in some cases a lot, lot more than some of the Power 5 guys that I expected to do pretty well in this event. 
I'll tell you, too, I thought that Zion Johnson set the tone at the interior offensive line. And I think the guy that came on as the week ended and clearly finished where Zion was, uh, or right behind him, uh, rather, that is, is uh, Cole Strange from Tennessee Chattanooga. Absolutely. I, I thought Strange. Here's what I love about offensive linemen. And, Eric, I know you play DB. I play DB. We're all about flair, man. We got, you got towels hanging off. We got the gloves and the spats and all that. Cole Strange walks out there, no gloves. No elbow pads, just bare arms, ready to rock. And I just – I love that. And I, I was really curious how he would hold up. And I think we found out something about Cole Strange because he was doing one-on-ones with Logan Hall from Houston. And Logan crossed him up. Or on the first rep, he actually – he was in the shade, and Cole couldn't get over there enough, and Logan beat him. So they came back for a second rep. Logan tried to cross him over from A-gap to A-gap, and Strange just locked him up. And Strange got all fired up, slammed the football down, and that got everybody going. So they went for a third rep, and I was like, that's the kind of thing I want to see in a, in a lineman, no matter what school they played at. It doesn't matter. You went to UT Chattanooga or you went to UT. He's out there competing. I, love, I loved seeing Cole Strange. I thought you're dead on, Ron. I thought he had a really – No, there was one other guy I definitely wanted to talk about. Or at least just kind of give him his props. You know, we're talking about some guys that were winners, some guys that maybe didn't really improve any of their stock. But Jesse Lukita, am I saying his name right? Out of Penn yes. State. Uh, he was wearing number 40, uh, linebacker. He was doing a lot of rushing off of the edge. I thought he did a tremendous job. Uh, Goodrich, the cornerback out of Clemson, he's another guy who I thought did a really good job of showing some uh, outside ability as well as nickel. Was extremely competitive in one-on-ones. And um, one more guy, my guy from uh, Auburn, cornerback. Uh, Roger I, McCreary. Roger McCreary. You know, yeah. short arms, small hands, slight build. What are they going to, you know, how are people going to think about him? They play him inside, they play him outside. I thought he competed. And again, I don't know if he moved the needle on one way or the other with his performance, but I thought overall he showed versatility. Uh, NFL teams are going to like that. I thought he showed versatility in games. I, I wanted to kind of give a shout out to a few of those guys before we got out of here, but uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, we want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Uh, uh, John, I mean, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we got Ryan. Appreciate you as always, my co-host. And we appreciate y'all, every one of y'all that listened throughout this week. If there are any other questions or any prospects that we didn't touch on that you guys would like us to mention, feel free. Shoot us some uh, tweets at Eric underscore Crocker at Ryan underscore uh, at Ryan Tracy NFL. And, you know, let us know who are some prospects you want to hear from. I think we're going to start getting back into our three for three where we uh, profile three prospects and really start to give our analysis on those guys. So you guys can stay tuned for that. That should be start kicking off next week. But that's going to do it for this episode. We are signing out. Peace.